is a country beyond that which is known to humankind. A stray country. A country that exists west of October. Whose borders are somewhere between midnight train whistles and the distant hell of a dog. A country that lies somewhere in the stitched and jittering static between radio stations. A country that drifts through America like a traveling salesman. But every now and then stops to nest on a small town. A small church. A single street. And maybe, just maybe, some kind of delayed radio broadcast you've stuffed in your ears. Chapter 24 Was someone drifting the radio band looking for static? I'm going home, Jack announced, and he took one step towards the chapel doors. Half a step, really. A quarter of a step. Something that would have been a whole step, but never finished. What? Shh! Jack stood still, eyes scraping the deep dark of the unlit chapel, searching that permanent carnival tent propped up for Jesus for spiders striding by on stilt legs or flies rubbing their front legs together in parody prayer. It was black. Bottomless as a movie screen after the projector shut off. Something final and empty and just plain over. The modern equivalent of looking down a burnt well. Jack couldn't see a thing. But he had not watched a movie. Had nothing branded on his retina to suffocate the loss. No good movie memory to make blackness tolerable. No. He just stood, looking in the dark, like he had lost a movie he had never ever seen, but still paid his ticket. Yes, Jack stood like a kid what had paid to see something and was swindled and now could only look at the dark and think a million different things in strange kid silence. Dust settled in the chapel. Or almost settled. The dust made up a fly dander, an old spider skin fell to the chapel floor like a kind of 1940s film snow, but never hit the floor, because the chapel doors leaking the same air as the school. That air society was so anxious to pump into buildings that it couldn't do so casually, had to blast it in like a fire hose. That air ran the church in circles three times a second, around, 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 like it picked up the habit from a frantic clock. And so the bug dander snow never hit the floor, but came down, came close, then hit the centimeter of conveyor belt air shot beneath the chapel door cracks and was kicked back into the chapel to perpetually snow. Down, 
down, down, up, down, 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 up. But on this current of air, whistling like a flap of bed sheets, was carried all the collected sounds brought back from an airflow what had run the circle of the whole goddamn church. The empty Friday night church. Like some kind of idiot cat, what brings home dead birds and pod mice, so was this air whispering beneath the door crack, bringing chapel home all the dead thing treasures from every corner of the church. Sounds from off deep in church country. Junk clicks and garbage ticks, cast off tinny metal dens and five-day-old gossip dropped from old lady chins, the sound of the furnace turning over in its sleep and all the leaky sounds that come from sleeping moss, umbrella bugs out for midnight strolls and seamstress spiders spinning webs. But in that miniature junkyard of sound, Jack had heard something. Billy watched Jack watch the dark, using his eyes that were useless as two revolvers without bullets, but refusing to holster them, refusing to shut off his eyes in the shut-down dark. Jack. Shh. Jack cocked his ear, listened to the carnival of miscollected sounds tumble through the sliver of airflow beneath the door, far, far away at the end of the chapel. The air, full of collected things, fizzed the hair in his ears. It was like that time Grandpa had taken the whole family to the hometown buffet and the kids, being bored, filled up a cup with every drink choice. Orange soda and grape soda and apple beer, root beer and lemon-lime soda and the green slushy and the chocolate milk and the regular milk and the kids had stirred it all together and called it poison and dared each other to drink it. Listening to the wind rummage the junk pile of Friday night sounds off in the deep end of the church was something like drinking that beverage, which was nothing but a clusterfuck for the taste buds. But it was the root beer that had stood out. Something about root beer was darker, stronger, more potent, like it was conscious of its own name. Its own color, yes, through it all, you could always taste the root beer. And through the siren shit show of shut-in, sloughed-off sounds, Jack heard something that was like root beer for his ears. A rock that clutched its identity in the cement mixer. A cracked and fried voice coming in and out of tune like a radio dial fiddled between frequencies. Jack paused. Was it a radio? 
was someone drifting the radio band looking for static. He held his hand up, telling Billy to keep quiet. He cocked his ear. He heard radio static. And what is radio static but a lunatic symphony playing in idiot harmony? Full of all the different players, the low buzz of bees planning murder, the pitch drifters whistle out in the sticks trying to find a place to stop. For the night, the hailstorm of nail storm static, the jumble of 333 voices compressed together into a single communion thin wafer airwave. The echo of a thousand almost heard phrases lost to outer space. But who would be listening to a radio at this hour? In this church? Jack looked to Billy. Billy looked to Jack. The boys looked to the big black tent of Chapel Dark. What is it saying? Billy whispered. I can't hear, Jack said. Billy peeked over the pulpit. The mad dash, devil may cry symphony went on, storming their ears without thunder, without rain, but snapped with all the frequencies as high as 333 gigahertz. All the frequencies as low as 3 kilohertz. A sound trying to find itself but too schizophrenic to pull itself together. The boys tried to listen to the radio, like they had a million times before, tried to comprehend the space between stations and wait for some golden radio voice to rise above the static. But there was only one problem. The boys weren't listening to a radio. They were listening to a white plastic sack screaming static from fitting itself beneath the chapel doors. Jack saw the white first. Billy saw the white in Jack's eyes. Jack stepped back as if a step back could save them. And there was room behind them, yes. There were the choir seats behind the pulpit and the boys ran to them, and then realized what now, because there was nowhere left to go. The sack rang itself like a smiling convict riding the lightning of the electric chair, hollered its own chorus of shitstorm noise as it let the canned wind fiddle it through the crack beneath the door. Yes, like in the old days, where a convict could go free if he rode the bucking blue bronco for the fall eight seconds. So the bag took all the wind of the cyclone church, just like a convict takes all the piss of Lord Zeus into his bones, 
cracking and cackling and gritting teeth whitewashed by lightning. The bag cramming through beneath the door like a convict riding a chair stomaching the pain, stuck piling the tears, cried out in a voice juiced to radio tower proportions by the bullhorn of electricity, spitting static, sparking curses. Billy covered his ears. But the chapel was built to pick up a preacher's whisper and throw it down the aisles. A chapel was built to make sure Pew's sitter's thoughts can be heard by the preacher standing high up at the pulpit. And so covering his ears didn't do shit. Billy still heard the frying, the blast, the slam and sizzle of a plastic sack juiced to life by the fake machine-pressed tornado current running the church loosed from some furnace somewhere. Still heard the curse of the storm and the hum and prowl of the plastic sack fitting beneath the chapel door. Jack, what are we... Hide, and the boys hid.